And greetings, everyone. This is Terry, naturally, with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And we are here primarily for you to help you understand more of how you can take care of your health because you are the only one, not just you, me too, we are the only ones that are responsible for our health and that can make a difference in our health. Boy, that's a big responsibility. Oh, we thought it was somebody else. Oh, we thought the doctor was taking care of us. We thought the drug companies were taking care of us. No, it's you and I. What we eat or what we don't eat makes a big, a bigger difference than any drug. Now, you may need drugs if you have dug a hole and you can't get out of that hole, and you may need a drug, I hope temporarily, to get you back out of that hole, but nutrition, in fact, nutrition is all that we need for a healthy body. Now, drug companies love to prescribe their drugs. They like to look for new diseases, new conditions that are classified as diseases. The only drug companies can treat them with drugs. And doctors don't know anything about health or nutrition. So you and I are responsible. What we do every day, every choice we make regarding our health makes a difference. And we're here just to point out some of those ideas and scientific studies and botanical extracts that can improve your health. But we don't make decisions for you. If you're on drugs, don't go off your drug. If I talk about a herb or a nutrient that can do better for you than the drug you're on. Drugs are prescribed by your physician and you should discuss your physician in which the drug has either done something for you or not and whether or not you can use an alternative method. So always include your doctor when you're deciding to take a new supplement or to change something. I'm not a doctor. I only give suggestions. And the suggestions I offer you are always backed by scientific evidence. And if it's not, I will tell you so. And today, we have a really good lineup of topics. Our first featured topic today is ginseng, red ginseng. And then we'll talk about zinc, the antiviral zinc. We'll talk about olive oil, tart cherry, CoQ10, and some new studies on the ketogenic diet. I frequently and often talk about the ketogenic diet. 
most of our diseases are caused by lifestyle choices. Like 98% of all of our illnesses, sickness, diseases are caused by our choices. Not hereditary, not because of a lack of drug. Most people think the only answer is a drug, but I'm sorry to say it's not. Nutrition is, health is, food is. Picking the right food, the right diet, the right nutrition, and not relying on the food manufacturers. They don't make healthy foods. They make foods that taste really good. So you want a lot of that. And they have brainwashed us about fats. Fats are our friend. Fats are good for us. Oh yeah, there are bad fats. But all the good healthy fats like olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut oil. These are good oils. The vegetable oils are bad oils. And I don't know why they call them vegetable oils, because most of them are seeds and beans oil. They're not vegetables. You have corn oil, soy oil, peanut oil, grapeseed oil. These are all bad oils. They're extremely high in omega-6 fatty acids, which causes inflammation. So we can change our health. I don't care how bad your health is or how old you are or anything, except when you change your diet and you reduce your carbohydrates and avoid all sugar. Yeah, I know it's not going to be easy and happy because you love the sugar. It tastes good, right? All that sugar especially the high fructose corn syrup in soft drinks, bad, bad, bad. Nothing can be said good about sugar. Nothing. It is more toxic and more poisonous to the body than cocaine. It does so much damage because slowly, slowly over time, the sugar causes all kinds of metabolic disorders. Not diseases, although they're classified as diseases so they can be treated. Like heart disease, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, obesity, arthritis. I could go on and on and go through the whole list of what is called or are called diseases. They are truly not. They are caused by the way we live and the choices we make. So we can change. That's the best part of all this. Three to six months can change your life. Absolutely. But you have to have discipline. You have to sacrifice your foods you're eating now that have led you into that hole, buried you in that hole, now you have to dig yourself out. But you can do it. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, start working on getting yourself out of that hole by changing your lifestyle choices. 
So let's talk about red ginseng, the featured topic today of our list of topics that we would like to talk about today and fill you in as to what red ginseng is and what it can do for you. So it's really, really important that some of these topics that we cover them and are able to give you the real history and the background on many of these topics. So what are the health benefits of red ginseng? And why is it red ginseng? Well, red ginseng is the same as white ginseng. They're exactly the same species. Panix Meyer ginseng is a species of both white and red ginseng. They're all starting off with white ginseng. But the red ginseng is steamed. It was white originally. They cook it or steam it. It is the traditional method for preparing red ginseng. Now, the benefits of this red ginseng, more so than white ginseng, and it just turns the root red in color because of the steaming process. But the steaming process opens up all the fibers. You know, when you look at a ginseng root, it's, it's like, looks like wood. Very difficult to digest that. But when you steam something, whether it be a vegetable or corn or whatever it might be, you are opening up the fibers of what you are steaming so you get more nutrients out of the steamed cooked vegetable or ginseng. When steaming it or cooking the white ginseng, which turns it red, you are opening up the fibers and getting more of the active compounds out of the ginseng called the jacinocytes. These jacinocytes in white ginseng are called classic jacinocytes. When they steam it, they turn from the classic jacinocytes to the rare noble jacinocytes in the process, which the body should be able to do but we can't depend on the body when white ginseng is consumed to convert it into the rare noble. We don't know if that happens in everybody. We don't know to what extent that happens in everybody. But when you steam the white ginseng and make it red, we convert the classic jacinocytes into the rare noble seven times greater in an in increased level of 17 times absorption. I love ginseng, red ginseng. It's the oldest adaptogen in the world. It goes back thousands of years. It's more, well, actually, it primarily was used in the Asian countries, Japan, China, Korea, Korean ginseng. Oldest, thousands of years old. And it increases energy levels, improves focus, attention, and concentration, boosts libido and sex drive for both men and women. These are the pluses 
the bonuses, but it also modulates, lowers blood pressure, balances metabolism, strengthens the immune function, fights cold and flu, fights inflammation, increases resistance to cold and flu, prevents and alleviates the side effects of cancer. Ginseng is a beautiful, wonderful adaptogen. But now the problem is finding quality ginseng. It's a huge challenge. Now, much of the ginseng today is farmed. It's growing. You don't find it in the wild. Much of the ginseng that is wild-crafted, meaning that people go out and find ginseng. Years ago, there was plenty of wild ginseng. Today, it's been, it's almost an endangered species. There's some out there, but very, very little. So farmers are growing ginseng. Good quality ginseng takes four to six years to grow. A minimum, I would say, is six. I don't even like four. But in order to have a good crop, now here is the sad part of it, because if you're spending a lot of money, and I get this, if you're going to have a farm and you're going to grow a crop, you want to make sure that crop survives the season. Well, the season for ginseng is six years. So you plant the crop, you build sheds because it likes shade, and you put a lot of money into growing the ginseng, and you don't have a harvest for six years. So farmers in America that grow ginseng have found a way and this is all the, way, all, the way, all the way around the world as well, they have found a way to try to protect their crop for six years. So they spray it several times a year for six years with fungicides, herbicides, and pesticides. So it's highly contaminated with chemical residue. But now they have found a way to grow red ginseng without chemicals, without solvents, without the pesticides, and with a higher level of these rare noble ginsenicides that really are the workhorse of ginseng by hydroponically growing in water. After just one year of growth, this hydroponically grown ginseng has a level of the rare noble ginsenicides that equals a 20-year-old wild-crafted ginseng and no chemicals. But now, researchers have tested 80 ginseng samples 
for pesticide residue. You don't find that in hydroponically grown ginseng. And the result of this 80 ginseng sample testing, they found 246 different pesticides detected in the ginseng. 246 different pesticides. 95% of the ginseng grown in America is shipped to the Orient where they don't have the stringent pesticide regulation. There's always somebody that will buy a contaminated crop and sell it for a low price. 246 different pesticides. 78% of the samples were positive for a fungicide that is widely used in China. It has limited approval in the United States and should only be used on golf course turf, cotton, and potatoes. But 78% of the samples tested use the same fungicide that was used on golf courses, cotton, which is not a food, so never ever use cotton seed oil because cotton is not a food crop, so it can be sprayed over and over and over again without any restrictions because it is not edible. Uh, but a lot of the food companies want to use cottonseed oil because it is so cheap. And they spray it on potatoes. So we wonder why we have a pesticide residue, a fungicide residue in our bodies. Because we are consuming foods and supplements that contain pesticides. But the red ginseng that is hydroponically grown does not need or require pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, or any other kind of solvents. So the best way to cultivate clean ginseng is, of course, hydroponically. It's the hydroponic cultivation in sterile environments purified air, purified water, and they can grow a crop in one year. It is absolutely sterile, no exposure to pesticides or chemicals, with optimal conditions to produce high concentrations of the rare noble jacinocytes. These are the very powerful, biologically active compounds in ginseng. I love ginseng. I take it every day, sometimes twice a day. It's equivalent to a traditional 20-year-old wild-harvested ginseng. This is a highly concentrated, hydroponically grown in sterile conditions, with no pesticides or solvents or chemicals. 
Now it has a very, very high boost for energy levels. It's a very natural energy boost when taking red ginseng. Now here's a study that I want to share with you with the result of 188 people. 188 people with chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. They were given a whole root red ginseng, very high in the rare noble jacenticides, for one month, 30 days. Now they divided the group, they took the 188 people, divided them in half, 94 people. And 94 people were put on a capsule daily. 200 milligrams of red ginseng per capsule. The other 94 people were put on a chewable tablet, only 100 milligrams daily. So half, the chewable tablet was half the dosage of the capsule. Now, the subjects could ask for more if they felt they were not getting any relief from their fibromyalgia or their fatigue. A number of the subjects or participants in the capsule group were allowed to increase to two per day if desired or needed. And a number of people did ask for two per day because they were not getting relief from their fatigue or fibromyalgia. But now in the participants of both groups, the capsule and the tablet, in fact, in the tablet group, they did not ask for more because it's a very special way to make the tablet chewable and increase the absorption of the tablet. And this is done with a very sustainable starch that combines with the ginseng in a chewable wafer or chewable tablet to increase the absorption three to four times more than the powder in the capsule. Now the results in both groups, whether it was capsules or tablets, although the tablet was better and you only needed one tablet versus two capsules, 60% of the subjects experienced significant improvement in their fibromyalgia and their chronic fatigue. Now, this is not just being tired, not just exhausted, but chronic, chronic fatigue, like we find in long COVID. Long COVID is a condition that arises from having the infection of COVID-19, and now the infection is eliminated. There is no infection, but the side effects of having the infection in many, many people is chronic fatigue. 
They are just exhausted, tired, chronically, and they can't feel any energy levels at all. Now, 67% of these participants with red ginseng increased in energy levels substantially, significantly. 72% improvement in stamina and 48% improvement in mental clarity. This is huge. 67% increased energy. 72% improvement in stamina. 48% improvement in mental clarity. You think better, you perform better, you feel better, you have less fatigue, you feel better overall. It's just amazing how much better you can feel over time when you are taking red ginseng. This was actually a study of 188 people that actually got better results when taking ginseng. So how do you use it, and what do you use it for? Well, for relieving chronic fatigue, or tiredness, or stress, tension, or just the lack of energy to improve the function of the immune system. And they found it increased stamina and endurance of athletes and students. So the dosage is 200 to 400 milligrams daily of the capsule, or 100 to 200 milligrams of a red ginseng wafer or tablet. It's a chewable tablet, and it works extremely quickly, fast, very safe. There are very rare, rare side effects to ginseng. And also, you can use it for sex drive, increased libido, a special formulation for men, combining 300 milligrams of red ginseng with apple extract, grape polyphenols, plus saffron and zinc to take daily. And for her, for increasing sex drive and libido, red ginseng combined, 300 milligrams red ginseng with maca, rhodiola, ashwagandha, and zinc taken daily a good way to use red ginseng for a variety of conditions like fatigue, exhaustion, stress, undue tension, underactive immune system or compromised immune system, and extremely effective for students who are under a tremendous amount of stress, especially during their testing times. This would be so ideal. So don't go anywhere, my friends. I am going to come right back right after these messages, and we're going to be here till the top of the hour. This is Terry Naturally with Terry Talks Nutrition. And welcome back, my friends. We're back here with Terry Talks Nutrition. I am Terry Naturally, and we're here discussing a variety of topics that may be of benefit for you. You may not be aware of some of these things because, you know, not everybody has the time to look for research and testing and studies and being able to read them and and, and get something out of them so it can be passed along in a friendly manner to give you the ideas 
how to use some of these very, very powerful natural components and alternative medicines. Maybe you don't know the power of zinc. Zinc is a mineral. It's considered to be one of the most powerful antiviral minerals. And you know, during COVID-19, when we had so many viral infections and death from viral infections, inflammation, and actually over 30%, 30% of the world's population is deficient in zinc. And zinc blocks the uptake of the virus into the cellular level. Tries to protect it from making a home in our body. And zinc is extremely required for the immune system. Promotes wound healing. Plays a role in bone formation. Reduces cold and flu and can slow the progression of eye diseases like macular degeneration. Sometimes you can tell if you have a zinc deficiency, if wounds don't heal quickly, if it takes a long time to heal a wound. Or look at your fingernails. If your fingernails are terrible and unhealthy looking, and there may be white spots, on your fingernails. That's a zinc deficiency. And the best form of zinc, not zinc citrate or zinc gluconate, the best form of zinc is called bis, B-I-S, glycinate, chelate. I know that's a long name for zinc, but zinc and all other minerals are very, very difficult to be absorbed systemically, to get into the bloodstream to be able to circulate throughout the body to the cells. So by combining zinc in a method called chelation, where you bind zinc to an amino acid, and an amino acid is part of the protein we eat, the zinc is increased in absorption 43 times, or should say 43 times, 43% higher than such zinc as gluconate or citrate. Types of zinc proven effective in clinical research and less likely to cause stomach upset. The best amount of zinc taken daily is 30 milligrams of zinc. During the pandemic, many people were taking 60 to 100 milligrams of zinc daily. It entirely blocks the uptake of the virus. During the pandemic, I was taking 100 milligrams of zinc. 30 milligrams is a, I think, a basic level, maintenance level. But if you ever have any a cold or flu, any other type of viral infection, you can kick it up to 100 milligrams or at least 60 milligrams. But then I would also add it with extra selenium about 200 micrograms of selenium from selenium yeast, Y-E-A-S-T, yeast, for optimal immune-boosting activity. Zinc and selenium together 
were extremely effective against all viral infection. And all cold and flu is a viral infection. Even some doctors give antibiotics for cold and flu. Useless, useless. Because antibiotics work on bacteria. Most viruses are viral. Most infection, I should say, is viral. Also, 200 micrograms daily of selenium has been awarded the claim by the FDA that it may reduce the risk of certain types of cancer, like breast cancer, prostate cancer, lung cancer. But now you don't want to go really high in selenium. Zinc is very safe. 30 to 100 milligrams is very safe. If you stay on a high level of zinc over a period of time, you might want to add more copper because zinc will lower copper. But in the case of selenium, I would not go over 400 mcg, 400 micrograms. Selenium is extremely necessary, but in a very, very trace level. It is very toxic and can cause some side effects at a very high level. So do not exceed 400 micrograms of selenium. It's not good to do so. Here's one of my favorite topics, olive oil. And we do not consume enough olive oil in America. It's quite, uh, I don't know, I don't know why people don't consume. I, I look at olive oil like a medicine. I usually get between four and six tablespoons of olive oil a day. And I really actually take it off the spoon. I do also use it on everything I eat. I drizzle it on salads. I put it on anything I eat. I use olive oil as my, as my dressing on everything I eat. I don't use like ranch or um, blue cheese or whatever, whatever Italian dressing. I don't use any of that stuff. It's all usually not very healthy. But olive oil is really a medicine. And we use very, very little olive oil in the U.S. There are many countries around the world that use much, much more olive oil than we do. It's their primary fat. And we're talking about Greece, Italy, Spain, France, the Mediterranean countries. In San Mateo, a country that's surrounded by Italy, consumes 21 liters of olive oil a year. That's about two liters of olive oil a month, two bottles a month, individually, not for the family, each individual. And kids don't eat as much, so you know that the adults are eating more. But on an average, they're consuming 24 liters annually. 
In America, it's one liter per year. And it is a tremendous medicine. I'm going to do a whole show on olive oil. There's so much benefit. And I want you to know about it because I, I want you to use olive oil as your primary dressing, your primary oil. Cook with it. Drink it. Drizzle it on your foods. Use it liberally and it will prove to be a medicine for you. Researchers in Greece tested the effects of two different olive oils in patients with early-stage chronic leukemia. Lymphocytic leukemia, commonly known as CLL. Chronic lymphocytic leukemia, a cancer of the white blood cells characterized by by abnormally high white blood cell counts. And there is no known cure for this condition. And the current drug treatments, the chemotherapeutic drugs, can have significant side effects. Half the patients received a standard olive oil Two to three tablespoons daily. Now, like in San Mateo and countries around the world, what does two liters of olive oil a month look like? About four and a half to six tablespoons of olive oil. That's what they consume in the Mediterranean countries. Now, they put the cancer patients on a standard olive oil two to three tablespoons daily, which is great. I would, I would have gone higher, but this is great. And half received an oil high in unique olive components or compounds called oleocanthinol for three months. Oleocanthinol is a very powerful antioxidant, anti-inflammatory compound found in olive oil, but not all olive oil. When you take a spoonful of olive oil in your mouth and you hold it there for a little bit and then swallow it, the best olive oil in the world will sting your throat. It'll make you cough, choke, because it is very strong, peppery, and and spicy. These are the compounds called oleocanthinol. When olive oil does not contain oleocanthinol, there's no peppery taste. There's no stinging of the throat. Now, this is very important because the better level of olive oil contains very high concentrations of oleocanthinol, which is a polyphenol, And after three months of treatment with olive oil containing these compounds, the white cell counts in the standard olive oil group did not change at all. So olive oil is not, not all olive oil is all good olive oil. 
And maybe it's better than something else, like bean and seed oil. But you want the high oleocanthinol, high polyphenol oil. If it doesn't sting the back of your throat, if it's not peppery and spicy, you don't want buttery olive oil, you don't want a bland, neutral taste, you want something that's going to make a difference. Now, this is a condition, leukemia, a condition that there is no drug for. There's no treatment known for treating leukemia. And when they do use drugs, there are too many side effects, significant side effects. Now, when they treated these patients with leukemia, with the high standardized olive oil group, White cell counts went down 30%. And previous studies, previous research, has found that oleocanthinol kills cancer cells, kills cancer cells, no side effects. This is a food, but a very, very high quality food and does not harm normal cells. Now, a lot of oil on the market is fake. A lot of it is um, mixed with cheap oil and a little bit of good oil, like Italy. 60% of all the oil in Italy sold comes from Greece. The other 40% primarily comes from other countries, like Spain, and Italy is the most sold oil because of their marketing techniques. Greece has been very, very lazy in their marketing abilities, but they have the best oil in the world. It's a shame because most of the oil sold in Italy, in Spain, they do a much better job of marketing the oil. Italian oil, why not? Huh? Sounds good, right? The Greek oil is the best. Then after that is Moroccan. I have studied olive oil and read everything I could about olive oil, and the benefits it, it provides is amazing. Olive oil products are frequently they're counterfeited, they're faked, they're spiked, they're adulterated. So choose with care. By the time I do my hour-long show on olive oil, I will have a list of the, I've, I've bought so many different bottles of olive oil, and I'm testing them, and I'm making a journal of the value of each one of the oils, so that when I come back, I can tell you what product to buy. Hey, they're going to be expensive, because a lot of oil on the market, $6 a bottle? Come on, $6 a bottle? No way. So be careful. Don't buy the cheap. If you want your health, then you want good quality, high concentration olive oil with a high concentration of oleocanthinol. You saw in the studies where they gave the standard oil, still olive oil, but just standard olive oil, it did nothing for the patients with leukemia. And then when they gave them the high saturation 
high standardization olive oil with high count of polyphenols, primarily oleocanthinol, it dropped the white cell count by 30%. A third of the cancer was killed off. It's amazing. So don't try to buy cheap. Uh, here's a new study on chart, ooh, a tart, <laughs> on tart cherry for pain relief. Tart cherry. We have sweet cherries, tart cherries, but tart cherries have gotten the most publicity, the most marketing behind tart cherry for joint stiffness, muscle pain, from a side effect of certain drugs used to treat breast cancer. Yeah, here we are treating breast cancer and the side effects is pain. Because of previous research on tart cherries showing its effects at reducing muscle pain from gout, arthritis, and exercise, researchers tested it for pain associated with breast cancer treatment. And that's usually a very, very difficult pain to try to treat. 60 women with pain, significant pain, associated with their breast cancer treatment, received tart cherry supplements or a placebo for six weeks and treated their pain on a scale of 1 to 100 at the beginning, at the end of the results. The women who received the tart cherry reported a 35% reduction in pain while the placebo group had almost no change in their pain level. Four patients in the tart cherry group were pain-free at the end of the study versus zero in the placebo group. About 500 milligrams, probably I would say, if I, if I wanted to really get great results with tart cherry from the research in this study and other studies, about 1,000 milligrams twice a day. You could even go to 1,500 milligrams twice a day, depending on your level of pain. This would be great to add along with Curcumin and boswellia. Curcumin combined with boswellia and black sesame seed oil has a tremendous and significant effect in lowering pain. But now you could add 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams of tart cherry twice daily. Would be a big boost to pain relief. We know that CoQ10 is a very significant and primary factor for treating heart disease and maintaining healthy heart. But now some new research came out on CoQ10 for kidney function. 
CoQ10 is essential for the health of the kidneys. Researchers in this study collected the data from 40 young people with chronic kidney disease associated with a very rare genetic mutation that causes a CoQ10 deficiency. Now, as a side note, we have about 40 million people or more in the United States on statin drugs to lower, to lower the cholesterol, which is nothing but a bunch of baloney. We need high cholesterol. The World Health Organization recommends it at least between 220 and 240, not below 200. But the reason that the drug companies suggested that we lower the cholesterol to 200, because then that increases a larger population of people that need the drug as they think and prescribe. But that statin drug inhibits an enzyme that produces cholesterol, and that same enzyme produces CoQ10. So now we are making more diseases like kidney disease. There's absolutely no value in lowering cholesterol. None whatsoever, period. Yes, lower your triglycerides. Triglycerides is a type of fat that is manufactured from carbohydrates and sugar. And it has more harm to your heart than ever, ever with cholesterol. But now let's get back to our patients with kidney disease. These patients were treated with a supplemental CoQ10. And the results compared to a similar group of patients that had not received supplemental CoQ10 treatment. And the results based on this treatment, the CoQ10 treatment decreased protein levels in urine, a sign of kidney damage, by 88%. 88%. There's no drug that matches that kind of Results. After five years, 38% of the CoQ10 group had progressed to kidney failure versus 81% of the group that did not receive CoQ10. So after five years, 81% of the group that did not receive CoQ10 progressed to kidney failure. 81%. For those that received the CoQ10 supplement, only 38% progressed to kidney failure. Well, it's not, it's still not the best we'd like to hear, but it's a huge difference to those that did not have the CoQ10 treatment. In previously published studies in patients with chronic kidney disease, CoQ10 supplementation was associated with reduced oxidative stress, inflammation, A1C, and improved heart 
function. Chronic kidney disease doubles the risk of heart disease. If you want the best CoQ10, it's a chewable tablet. 100 milligrams chewable tablet. It is bound and complexed to a vegetable starch that increases absorption by 800%. So eight times more effective. So in other words, you could say the 100 milligram chewable tablet is the equivalent to 800 milligrams of CoQ10. Superior way to improve kidney function, heart function, and also any kind of oral cavity conditions, periodontal disease, pyrrhea, bleeding gums. CoQ10 is a wonderful nutrient for the heart. 100 milligrams daily of CoQ10 that is complexed to the starch of a vegetable, and it's called gamma, G-A-M-M-A, cyclodextrin, gamma cyclodextrin. It increases the absorption by eight times for general health. So consider increasing to 200 milligrams daily for serious chronic kidney or heart disease. It's an amazing supplement that provides significant benefits. So here are some very, very wonderful topics and scientific studies that prove the quality of alternative medicines versus drugs. So now is the time to start putting together a plan for yourself. I don't think you might want to jump right into the pond without testing the water. Maybe you want to do it slowly. I wish you could do it full force. Dump the sugar. Drastically lower the carbohydrates. We should not be eating more than 72 grams of carbohydrates per day. Average American is 400 to 500 grams of carbohydrates per day. Loaded with sugar. Almost a half a pound to three quarters of a pound of sugar per day. You wonder why we're sick, fat, and obese, and out of shape, and, and, and having all kinds of diseases? There it is. So, as you go off in the week, do something constructive for your health. And pray for this crazy, crazy world. I don't see it getting much better, but God is the only source we have to change this world. God bless this country, and God bless you, my friends. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.